Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Danny Thompson. We're back at it again for for a different segment. You know, it's kind of like you know, kind of having like a little locker room talk for a little bit here with two two of the two of the, some of the more good guys I know covering the sport of basketball. We got Zach Noble on the line. If those of you who are unfamiliar with Zach's work, he is the host of the Four Seasons NBA podcast that's on Dash Radio. He's also a contributor for Last Word on Sport. And he's one of the one of the you know one of the more good guys that comes to covering the sport of basketball. And then also we got my main man, Alex Golden. He is the creator of the Up and Under, and he's also the host of the Triple Threat Podcast. Guys, what's going on? How how are things going? Things are awesome. Happy to be here, man. Just uh, kind of relaxing, chilling, and big night of hoops coming up here. Hey, no problem. Yeah, I, I'm feeling good, my man. Uh, Thanksgiving break is officially here. I'm off the next two days, so today is my Friday. That's that's one way to start your start your weekend off is with four days. <laughs> no question. I'm I'm with you too. I'm about to enjoy the nice Thanksgiving holiday. I'm like like Zach mentioned, it's already a good <laughs> good day of basketball. I know for me I caught a couple college games. You got Duke and Gonzaga yep. that's on right that's on tonight. And then you got LeBron coming back to LA. I mean not with LA but coming back to Cleveland. We'll get into you know some of the stuff we heard about them in this this little segment. And then of course we got Russ and K D going at it again tonight as Oklahoma City travels to Golden State tonight. So it's a pretty good night for basketball. Heck yeah. Yeah, uh, it is. Big, big storyline for sure. No question, well, no question. Well, Danny, I know this is your podcast, but let me ask you a quick question. Uh, why don't we have any basketball games on Thanksgiving night? Because the NFL I'd like, is I'd like to see some. Who cares? I would love to see some too. If it was a Sunday night or a Sunday, if, if if Christmas falls on a Sunday, the NFL still plays games on those NBA schedules. So For why sure. don't the NBA just do it back? I mean, I don't, I, I want to see the NBA on Thanksgiving. I've got the day off. Let's go. Hey, I, would I think love the, to NBA see the NBA is coming too hard. We got we got to give the NFL their their day of football, and I don't know. I think it just the NBA wants a day off. I, I'd imagine that that's a good question. The real reasoning behind it, but. Uh, I make the Warriors play on Thanksgiving. Come on. Now look, <laughs> now, look, the basketball guy in me would love to have some basketball on Thanksgiving Day, but because we know the NFL, they have – they got three days. They got they got Thursday, they got Sunday, and they got Monday. And if they're lucky enough, they got Saturday. The NFL can have their days. Let us – let let Thanksgiving be some more talk – some more NBA talk. Come on now. Yeah, let's, let's do it. We can find it, even if it's just like 12 and 3. Or if it's late, then, like the eight and ten o'clock games, eight and ten thirty on TNT. Let's do it. Yet they make all these college basketball players play every Thanksgiving from start <laughs> to finish. Hey, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, look, coming from a former college basketball player, but Mount Saint Mary's, you know, I remember those those Thanksgiving breaks when we were on campus and it was quiet and basketball games were scarce because not a lot of people were at the games, and then the ones we did have them. It was a good turnout, but it's time to it's time to see some more NBA action on Thanksgiving. I, if I could make a phone call to Alvin Silver, I would put that proposal out there. 
But, you know, that, that was a good little start to this little conversation. Let's see where this is going to go. Because for starters, you know, just to start things off, I don't know if you, know, you guys have been following it, but we've seen a lot of things going down in Golden State in terms of Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. And, you know, Kevin Durant's come out lately. He's saying whatever's happened between him and Draymond this past, you know, a couple weeks or so is not going to be an impact on his free agency period. So I want to hear from you, you guys, starting with you, Zach. What do you think the implications will be for KD going to free agency, especially with this information going on between him and Draymond Green? Right. So I think the biggest thing is this is going on without Steph Curry. I mean, he's just building his MVP case while he's sitting on the bench. Pretty funny. Uh, anybody who says KD is more valuable is looking pretty bad right now and definitely doesn't even look like the – second best player in the world that he's been known for forever by so many people but uh, yeah it, it's tough because he can't lead these guys to wins and it's definitely impacting the game on the court but the report today was Chris Haynes saying that um, they're all good and it won't affect anything but they've lost three straight and four out of their last five so something's going on um, I just it's it, it's interesting for sure. Uh, I, I think they'll be fine. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, they, they're going to have these ups and downs in any any team that's been together for a long time. A lot of the Wizards are proving it the longest, being they've probably been together longer than anybody. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty interesting situation. And I just want Steph to be back because he was on one hell of a tear before that. Yeah, no question. Alex, what are your thoughts behind this? Yeah, as, as far as the Durant free agency thing goes, I think it's just kind of been one of those things that's been lingering for the last couple of years. And if you have listened to people reporting on the situation, there was obviously some, some stuff that went down last year. David West even said that this was the hardest year they've had. Uh, I heard that even Kevin Durant and Steve Kerr went out for lunch and or slash dinner uh, to kind of talk about the free agency thing and to like put it behind them last year. And I think it's just kind of one of those things that just keeps lingering over the team is, will Durant stay or not? And I've heard from a lot of people that their GM really wants to make a play at Anthony Davis, and he'd be willing to trade Clay Thompson and Draymond Green to get Anthony Davis with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in Golden State because he's never going to be happy with what he has. He just wants to keep getting the best players available so we can just keep building that dynasty. So with that being said, I mean, you're a guy – and Draymond Green, who who won a title without Durant, now they 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 got lucky because the Cavs were injured that year. But with that being said, I mean you're the guy that recruited Durant here, and and now he's the one that constantly is just putting the weight of his free agency on the the shoulder of the team. So it's it's one of those things where I just feel like you know with Durant wanting to be in free agency, he does not want to sign a long term deal. He's just doing what LeBron did to Cleveland. And we saw where Cleveland's at now. I mean, obviously right. that's not going to happen with Steph, but uh, with Steph being there on the roster. But with that being said, I mean, it, it does linger over the team. And I think because Durant hasn't came out and said, hey, I don't want to talk about it, or he hasn't committed to Golden State verbally, uh, that's why the questions keep occurring. And I think he kind of likes the questions. Durant likes attention, and he's not afraid to admit it. So <laughs> he is what he is. And the more as time goes on, I mean, when Draymond said what he said to him, it's just because he Draymond Green's just like, hey, listen, you know, you're, you caused issues, and he just got in the heat of the moment, and now look at him. Now he's taking the back seat because he doesn't feel like the organization 
has his back as strongly as that Durant. So, yeah, this is a problem, and I think we'll see how it goes going forward. But if they get in another altercation, my goodness, <laughs> it could get ugly. My gosh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Draymond broke one of the NBA few, few unwritten rules of locker room talk. You don't, you don't talk about a man's money, free agency, or business, and just focus on the game at hand. It's kind of funny. Well, that's yeah. Draymond. Draymond doesn't care though. No, Draymond doesn't <laughs> care. Draymond, Draymond's mindset is: look, I'm trying to get wins so we can get another championship. But the thing about me is, and one of the things that I've noticed and some of the things I've been reporting is, and some of the opinions that's been coming out is, if Durant leaves, all that does is just make Draymond the scapegoat in this situation because of what he said about Kevin Durant. Now, yeah, we always know Kevin Durant is not giving a long-term contract right now to Golden State. He's doing the he's doing the one-year in and one-year-out thing, like you mentioned with LeBron doing for Cleveland for so many for the past couple of years. But in this situation, Durant you know, Durant is one of those guys who just wants to play basketball at this point. And he's not one of those players who's going to give like a big time long term commitment to a team yet until he knows all he's going to be able to do is just come in and play basketball. The thing about it is with this situation is because of the severity of what happened inside that locker room that you're sitting there wondering whether or not we're all sitting here. If, is he going to make a long term commitment to Golden State? And in my opinion, this is just my humble opinion, at least, I don't think we already knew he was leaving. And with this happening now, with the way everything was going on in the locker room, Draymond calling the B word, you know, all this stuff that's happening, I think I think we can already just go ahead and X this in that Durant is, is leaving and now is just going to be permanent. And then that just makes Draymond the ultimate scapegoat in this situation. So let me ask you this. What do you think – um, the main reason why Kevin Durant never never committed to this team long-term or hasn't yet because he hasn't been willing to do from the beginning. I mean, it's never really been talked about or in the plans. I mean, if it's up to me, I think it's one of those situations where if you're a real – if being, being athletes, one of the things that we're always looking for is a challenge. And, and let's, let's all three of us be honest here. He's not being challenged in Golden State right now. If you ask me, I think he's no. he's he's bored in Golden State because of the way the success is going on. Now, granted, it's slowing down a little bit with Steph going out. They've lost three straight. Two of those have been to teams who they should not have lost to to begin with. But in this sense, when you look at everything, they all look bored right now. There's no there's no real challenge right now for Golden State, especially for Durant. So. When you're when you're that type of com- when you're that type of a competitor when you're that type of basketball player you're you're considered as one of the one of the top two players in the world you're looking for a challenge and you you just hinted at it he's not being challenged in Golden State right now so it's- I, I get what you're I get what you're saying I mean they're not being challenged before Steph went down but he goes down and uh, they're losing I mean losing is a challenge in itself trying to stay on pace you can't lose too many games that's got to be a challenge right it is a challenge but in it i'm looking at it individually right now like durant if he if they if they three peak this year he will have tied lebron in championships for sure he's 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 once he does that what else is there left for him to do i mean he's already beaten lebron in the finals He's two finals MVPs, and he already has an MVP. What is next for the mantle for Kevin Durant as a basketball player? And when you think about it, what else is there for him to do? 
right. you know, what else is it out there? Is he going to try and get his own team again? It, can he can he possibly lead a team by himself to a championship? These are some of the things you could be he could be thinking about at this point in time, but we're not sure because we're all not in Katie's head. We're all not in his inner mm-hmm. circle. But that's one of the things when I mentioned like challenges because when you're that great individually, you're looking for the next best thing to bring the best out of you. And right. being in Golden State, proven all that. right? And being in Golden State, unfortunately, is not going to get it done for him right now, especially challenging him as a better ball player. So, how do you guys see this playing out? What, what would be your thoughts and the likelihood of like an Anthony Davis coming in during this season or Durant leaving? Oh, I think I think Durant's going to end up leaving before they get to the Davis situation because I don't think if you're in New Orleans, even if they offer Clay and Draymond, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you have a guy like Anthony Davis, and if you think he's better than both those two, then you don't make that trade. And especially if they're going to be free agents as well, Clay is going to want his money, and Draymond's going to want his money. Now, I don't think Draymond's worth a max, but it would not surprise me at all if teams out there just threw maxes out at Clay Thompson. Agreed. And, you know, are you going to, are you going to pay that and pay Durant and pay Steph? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would do that, but until you get Clay locked up long-term, I don't see Anthony Davis on the plan. So I think they'd have to lock up KD, get Draymond back somehow on an expensive deal, but not a full max. And then you get Clay on almost close to a max. Maybe he takes a little bit of a discount just because he's wants to be in Golden State. Then they just kind of, you know, uh, play the the hardball game and end up dealing them once they're locked up to New Orleans. Because if I'm New Orleans and I'm not sure about Anthony Davis, uh, and you have Clay Thompson and Draymond locked up for a while, I would I would be hard it'd be hard to not turn that down. Uh, as for me, but back to what you guys were talking about earlier with the whole or not Anthony Davis, but the Kevin Durant stuff. I just feel like Kevin Durant came to Golden State to get his titles. And he thought he was going to be justified for his move and that everybody would just calm down with, with the slander, and it's just been worse. And, and I don't think he got what he was hoping he would get by going there, and that's why right. he's frustrated because exactly. think about it. I mean, the same stuff that Draymond Green said to him uh, before he got there or when he was there in that fight was stuff that people are saying to him on Twitter all the time. <laughs> you know, they're, they're calling him the B-word. I mean, he's got people he's cussing out on the sidelines. Uh, telling him to watch the game and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's just not a happy person because he thought it was going to be about basketball and winning and winning cures all, but it doesn't cure all when everybody is saying, well, that was a soft move. You really didn't justify anything because this team won 73 games without you. So that's just my take on it. I just feel like Durant has his eyes looking elsewhere. And while I don't know where that's going to be, nothing would surprise me. And it wouldn't shock me if he went to the Lakers with LeBron James. If he goes to the Lakers with LeBron James, there will be a basketball purgatory for him with this situation. That that would send that would send the basketball annals into an uproar if he decides to go to the Lakers. Uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me. No, honestly, and that's where my thoughts are too. I'm I'm 100% with you. I mean, I if all signs are pointing to him not wanting any part of uh, Draymond Green and I think he's always liked LeBron they've always been pretty tight and honestly the Lakers would be my front runner for him for sure maybe maybe he would consider Boston again being they were really close if they can find a way to have the cap space for Durant and the team I think they will for sure because they'll have a max slot open in Boston I believe um, but 
other than that, I mean, I really don't see any team beating this Warrior squad regardless. So I, I just see Clay and Draymond, one of those guys, leaving. And if they win, it's really tough to leave a three-time winner, you know? I mean, I could definitely see Clay, Steph, and Durant continuing on and just saying peace out to Draymond because the Warriors put their foot down and ready made it made it clear that I mean KD comes first he's their first priority for him which he should be um so yeah well, I, I Steph should think, be <laughs> well, well Steph, yeah I mean but Steph's already locked up yeah Steph is taken yeah. care of now you got now you're sitting there getting worried about the other four because remember Draymond right. still has a year left on his deal Katie and Clay are both unrestricted free agents. Are going to be unrestricted free agents this year when when KD, you know, opts out of his 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 player option. So it's going to be a lot once the summer rolls around, and then you're going to start thinking about where where else can they go. You mentioned we already mentioned the Lakers will be a possible destination. The Knicks are a destination. Boston will be a destination if they decide to if they don't decide to max Kyrie out. Because remember they said. If you'll have me, that was his. That was Kyrie's words. So KD is going to be up for interesting, interesting next couple. Uh, the rest of the season, you know, we're going to be reading into everything that's going on with the, with that player. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just gotten to this point, you know, with a team who's looking to three P. For sure. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I thought it was a player option Draymond had coming up here next year, but yeah, he's locked in. So. They would have to trade him, I think, if they're going to keep KD. I definitely believe that. I think if if Draymond's around, I think there's no way KD comes back. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see that happening. But as much as I would love to keep talking about the Golden State Wars and the drama that's going on, <laughs> it's it's a rarity that we have a top team like this and they're going through drama. We got some more drama to go over, and it's and for me, it's close to home. Because the Wizards are in a crapshoot of a situation right now, you know, <laughs> the 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 team is looking to put everybody up there, open to trades for both Wall and Bill. Wall is cussing out Brooks in practice. Bill is not happy, even though they got the win against the Clippers. You know, Morris has come out and said it still doesn't fix anything. I mean, what's what's about to happen with them, Zach? I think you had a you put it on Twitter a while back. There, you have some trade options for the Washington Wizards, I believe, right? Yeah, I got plenty of them. I I pride myself on my trade machine um, abilities. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Alex Alex also has a couple. He was talking about. I think he has a couple specific ones. Um, for me, I mean, one thing I'll note is John Wall. I mean, there's only like eight to ten teams that really would be a strong fit for him, and um, even with those teams, it's a big risk you're considering uh, taking on his large contract. So um, you really got to think, I mean, I, I think he's going to go to a team that uh, basically is a mid-major team, mid-market, sorry, um, but that that with John Wall can really elevate their team and bring them to that next level. I'd love to see like a Detroit uh, because they're already strapped with Blake Griffin. Um, I'd love to see that and just upgrade Reggie Jackson to John Wall, something like that. Um, but Bradley Beal, on the other hand, he only doesn't fit on like seven or eight teams or so. I think he's a great fit most places. Um, so he, I mean, he's definitely the guy with the most value, but I think 
every team in the league could either use one of John Wall, Otto Porter, or Bradley Beal, if you ask me. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of turmoil going on right now. You even have guys like Marcin Gortat. He's come out and said, you know, and and this is a, this is a direct quote from from Gortat. He gave it to to NBC Sports Washington. You know, he this is and I quote: "Listen, the way I was traded out of that team, it looked like I was the cancer of the locker room. I think that thing was verified and it was complete." There's a word that's that's not that I'm not gonna say, but we know what it, we know what it's talking about. It is what it is now. So when you got a former player coming out saying, you know, a lot of this 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 type of culture has been going on for a long time now in DC, and it all has been stemming towards, you know, when when Whitman was the coach a few years ago, when Wall and him got into a, a jawing match. So this is something Washington should have should have nipped in the butt a long time ago. And Alex, I don't know, I don't. How do you feel about everything that's going on down in Washington? Oh well, I think the writing was on the wall when we saw their offseason. I mean, you go out and get Dwight Howard, Austin Rivers, and Jeff Green, and you call that upgrades? I mean, those guys are just cancers themselves of the, what they bring to the locker room. Whoa, so, I'm what. Hey, don't throw Jeff Green in there, man. <laughs> Jeff, oh, Jeff Green on, will dude. overcome cancer. <laughs> well, maybe that was uh, <laughs> well, maybe that was a little bit of a bad choice of words, but uh, no, the other two I'll give you for sure. Well, I mean, Jeff Green is just somebody that you think is going to be better than what he is. So maybe that's like an internal thing where it's like you feel like you're getting this, you know, nice role player, then you realize, well, it's Jeff Green. So. You know, you might get 20 and five one night, and the next night you're going to get two and seven. So it's like he, he, this guy is just one of those uh, mystery players that never lived up to the expectations. But, I mean, there's a reason that the Clippers, I mean, Doc Rivers was like, yeah, you can trade my son for Martian Gortat. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, I'm just saying, like, the whole thing is a mess. But it all starts with John Wall. I mean, if you're looking at this Wizards team, the best player on this team is Bradley Beal, and he has been for the last couple of years. When he's healthy, he is better than John Wall, and, and part of that is because he can play today's NBA where he can actually hit threes on a consistent basis. Obviously, Otto Porter is overpaid, but you had to do that because you already have all these contracts locked up, and you see what happened with Washington. They, they make all this cap room to try to make a run at Durant, and they get stuck paying Jan Mahimi for, for $67 million. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to really just look in the mirror and say, John Wall is a problem. We need to do what the Clippers did and get rid of Blake Griffin before we have this max contract on our hands. And, and Zach, the guy, the team I think that would be a good fit for him is your Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, um, God. In my I trade, want it, though. I'm with that. you. Let's hear it. Let's but, hear but, it. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What, what, is the, what do the Wizards want in return? For John Wall, do they just want to get off the contract or do they want a bunch of picks because they're not going to get a bunch of picks? So I would do a lottery protected or a top 10 protected pick uh, from Minnesota. And if it doesn't, if it's, if it's in the lottery this year, then the next year, it's an unprotected first round pick or whatever, however that works. And I would trade Jeff Teague and Gorgie Zhang for John Wall. If you yeah, Jeff so Teague, who's a serviceable point guard with Bradley Beal, you get rid of that. You get rid of that John Wall problem. You build the team around Bradley Beal, and you just see what happens. And I think John Wall in Minnesota, it might be it might be nice for him to get a new new uh, new scenery because obviously Washington and him are just not seeing eye to eye. 
for sure. No, I, I'm with you, man. I, I personally believe the Wizards have to blow this thing up like tenfold, like get rid of everybody, all three of those guys, um, and just try to tank and try to get one of these really top guys because this is a great um, upper echelon of the draft coming in with Zion and R.J. Barrett. Uh, that would be amazing to get one of those guys. But I've actually considered that trade as well. I mean, as a Minnesota fan, being we don't get a lot of free agent action, um, I well, would you're not going take, to with your contracts either. For sure. And I would take a risk on that. Absolutely. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge Jeff Teague hater. I personally believe in John Wall. I think he'd fit <laughs> um, great with the team. Uh, and I, I feel like he would rejuvenate his career. Um, even though I don't think he's been as bad as a lot of people make him out to be, um, even though Bradley Beal has been super impacted by their relationship, uh, his numbers have been pretty bad overall compared to the past couple of years. Uh, Yeah, it has been a complete mess. I mean, I would start by trying to get rid of John Wall and Otto Porter. And if you had to hang on to Bradley Beal, but um, I would just trade each one as you go, as something great comes in. But yeah, that's definitely a great trade for Minnesota. But do you think Washington would do that? I think you would just to relieve yourself of that contract and start over. Yeah. But, yeah. It all, exactly it all depends on point. what they want. If yeah. they get a pick somehow in return, like I said, this year would be the lottery protected. And then like in two years, if that's not protected, if that protection comes off and it becomes an unprotected pick in a couple of years, I, I feel like that is a, is a smart move for both sides. And as much as I don't like Jeff Teague as well, he's at least serviceable. I mean, he can play. Right. And I think that it would just, hey, Brad's our guy. Teague's a very quiet person. You know what I mean? So he's not going to really do much. He's just going to play his role. And I think he's only got two years left, and so does Gorgie Jang. So they can get off all that money at once and then kind of rebuild. And I think right now would be the best time to just start that rebuild because John Wall is really weighing them down. Well, look. Go ahead. Go for it. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, all right. I was gonna say Jeff Teague's only got one year left, um, and that might even be a player option next year. But Alex, would you get rid of everybody, or just try to get rid of John Wall and go from there? Well, I think it starts with John Wall. If you can get rid of him, that's a miracle in itself. Um, right. I would try to get off Mahimi, and I would try to get off Otto Porter. Not that I don't like Otto Porter. I just think that maybe with um, with John Wall gone, it might just change everything. And I think just that change of a dynamic might encourage him to play better. It might inspire him to play better. But, I mean, if you find a deal out there for Otto Porter, I mean, I'm not sure exactly who would want Otto Porter. But, for instance, let's just say New Orleans is looking for a guy that can kind of be that 3 and D they're looking for. Because each one more is a little bit undersized, each one more has been fantastic this year. Now, if I was New Orleans, I would not trade each one more. But if you could trade Solomon Hill and each one more for Otto Porter or something like that, and you get a guy like Etuan Moore mixed in there with Bradley Beal, uh, Jeff Teague, and then you got Kelly Uber. I mean, I think that is the better move going forward, and you get cheaper contracts and more movable contracts than what Otto Porter has. But it, it's it's hard to figure out with so much money tied up into those guys how you make a good move. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good look. And this and this is coming from this is coming from the guy who's been around who's you know living in the the Washington D.C. area. You see everything that's going on with the Wizards. You know, this is something that I said years ago, and this is something that I've said it even when during the days when they had Gilbert Arenas and Antoine Jameson and Karan Butler all running the team. 
it this is this is something that needs to get blown up and it needs to get blown up right now and mm -hmm. you you all mentioned some great some great prospects for washington to go out and come get like you mentioned jeff teague if you trade jeff teague you know you can already you already you're getting you're getting a solid solid point guard now, i'm not i'm not one of the i'm not big on jeff teague either but I just I just know with the way he goes about his his, you know, deal when it comes to coming to whatever team he's playing on. He's just like, yo, I just want to go out and play basketball. That's all I want to do. Right. And right now, when you look at his contract, you know, he has he's he's in for this year and then he has a player option for next year. So and he is, is definitely picking up that option. <laughs> definitely going to pick up that option. That's another 19 million. He's picking up that option. So it's going to get to the point now where you're looking at Washington, you're looking at Ernie Grunfield, you're wondering what are they going to do to solve this issue? Cuz this is an issue they've they've had for a for a good couple years now and this is something that needs to get blown up and needs to get blown up right now. I would even wait to the summer. I would start talking to teams now like they're doing trying to get some offers to try to get some more players and who's going to come and who's going to want to be here who's going to want to you know help improve the culture because you got to remember you already have players that are in the team you have former players who play for washington they're all coming out and saying that that culture in 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 dc is toxic and it right. needs to get fixed and one of those things that is going to fix it is as much as a lot of people are not going to agree with this I think they need to go ahead and move John Wall. That's the first piece that needs to go. That should be the first start of the blow process. And if they don't make that move soon, they're going to keep being in a crapshoot. And we're going to keep sitting here talking about how the Wizards are, are one of the more teams who we're looking at saying they should be one of the more consistently better teams in the Eastern Conference. But every year we look at them and they're always at the bottom of the barrel or middle of the pack. So if it was up to me, I would start blowing this up, and I would start blowing this up right now. I wouldn't even wait. I, I want to say this, though. It's going to be really hard um, to move John Wall quickly if you're trying to get any value. If you don't want any value, I'm sure like it, that Minnesota trade could happen really quickly because Tim is a pretty irrational guy, and he likes a lot of talent. So if they approach Minnesota with that, I'd be shocked if he said – no really quickly i mean i bet he'd say yes um but they've got they'd have to be proactive um in regards to the john wall stuff and ernie grunfeld uh isn't great he's been pretty bad over his years and so I'm, I'm not looking for him to make the best move what i do see happening um i feel like there's a lot of traction right now on bradley beal and they could get great young talent for him like the charlotte deal i really like um, or there's a couple others out there that I've heard. And if they move him, John Wall's going to want out anyways because that team's going to stink. So then you might have a little more value. I mean, because you'll have more time and more deals on the table. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Um, Alex, you want to tackle it? What do I think about moving Brad Beal instead of John Wall? I mean, I think that'd be the easier option. But Right, and I, I just... I just think that with, with Ernie running the show, I don't know if Washington's ever going to fix their problems. I think that it needs to start with right. him. They need a new face. They need a change in the front office because he has not done a good job. Yeah, sure. The biggest highlight is when they almost beat Boston in a seven-game series to go play LeBron and lose, right? So, right. I mean, John Wall hits a three. He jumps on the table, and everybody's freaking out. Then they lose game seven. Okay? So, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where I like some of the moves that he's made. I think that he's had decent draft success because if you look at some of the other teams, they've had poor draft success. I mean, you got Kelly Oubre in the draft. You, you got John Wally and Brad Beal in the draft. So, I mean, sure, they've, they've drafted some talented players, but John Wall is the problem. He's going to be the hardest one to move. Brad Beal's the easiest option to move, and it just depends on what you're going to get because you've made it known that they're all available. Uh, teams might be trying to get less in return for Brad Beal. So that's one of my things. It's just like you're going to try to, you know, same same thing back with Jimmy Butler. They got Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Okay. Two average players for a top hey, 20 player in the NBA. I like Saric. I like Covington. But, no, they're not on the same level. And if you're going to trade Brad Beal, what are you going to get back? Because teams aren't going to be giving you that much. And I would be shocked if they got a, a deal similar to what Kawhi and DeRozan, that deal, or even the Pacers with the Thunder, you know, getting an Oladipo who just exploded. I mean, that's your best bet. Unless you trade Bradley Beal for maybe a Josh Richardson or something like that, I don't know. But, honestly, I just don't think that you can win and get things back together with John Wall as your quote-unquote superstar, especially with Ernie running the show. What was the deal you had um, earlier? Did you say you had another one uh, for John Wall or something, or was it just the Minnesota and maybe you had a J.R. deal or something? I have a, I have a J.R. Smith deal that I'm sure we'll jump into later. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the Brad Beal stuff goes, I mean, I, I haven't really looked into it too much. But it would be interesting to see if he could join someone like, you know, like the Lakers or somebody like that. But, I mean, I don't really want to watch the Lakers anyway. So just keep Brad Beal on the Wizards and try to get rid of John Wall. I think, I think like you said, Detroit, I think you can actually trade Reggie Jackson straight up for John Wall on the trade machine. Uh, and, and, it's, and the salaries match up okay. So that would be another deal that I'd look at as well. Just he's going to have to be traded to one of those you know, mid-tier uh, markets like a Phoenix. And if he goes to Miami, well, I don't I don't necessarily love that. I think Goran Dragic for John Wall in some kind of package would be nice just because I like Goran Dragic's game. But I don't think John Wall would fit in Miami because they're required to keep a certain body percent fat. <laughs> and John Wall likes yeah. to eat too much in the summer. <laughs> I was just about to say, if you think John Wall parties in D.C., wait till he gets to Miami. Oh my God! Well, yeah, that's, that's gonna be a parties, lot. But if Spoh's holding them to like a like a body percent fat that they have to maintain, he ain't gonna live up to that. I mean, that's part of the problem with John Wall. He's not a leader in the offseason. He comes back out of shape. It takes him till half the year to get healthy. That's why he gets injured half the time. If he would just take care of his body, then he might actually, you know, be somebody that we would re- reconsider as a top, you know, five ten point guard in the NBA and. Honestly, maybe maybe to go in Miami might actually help him. And having that accountability with Spo and with Pat Riley, he might become the player that everybody expects him to be. Oh, that's one of the things that's, that's got to be paid attention to because that's a that's a that's a roulette wheel, you know. That's being being waiting to spin. Who's the first one to go? And we don't know how the dominoes might fall, but it's something to pay attention to, you know, over the next couple of months or so to see what Washington's going to do. But speaking of deals, what's up with J.R. Smith wanting out of Cleveland? This is this is this is new. And it's only because, you know, they're they're you're hearing it, they're talking about, oh, we're gonna tank, they're tanking this year. And by some of the moves that they're making, Kevin Love is out till till January. 
and all this other situations going on in Cleveland. You got players talking about they they don't know if Colin Sexton knows how to play. And now you got now you got Jr. wanting out. What's what's going on there? Zach, you yeah. want to tackle that one? Yeah, so I, I think this is the funniest moment in sports is when the end of the road <laughs> old bench player comes out and tries to demand a trade like he has any power. J.R. Smith is just a joke. Uh, there's definitely there's definitely some use out there, but I mean, it takes a lot of work for a, a deal that's not really. Is it really worth your time to? To go out and try to trade this guy, you're not going to get any value. Maybe a second round pick, sure. If you, I mean, if you want to do that, I would almost just rather have him sit at home and collect a paycheck until um, he's gone, I guess, the rest of the year, and maybe deal with in the off season. But uh, unless Kobe Altman's got time on his hands, maybe go find uh, a mid mid level team. I don't know, a team that needs a seventh, eighth man that can get streaky, get hot at times. I feel like Houston would be a decent fit. They still want more shooting. Uh, they they yes, can tend that's, to that's handle my trade right there. All right, what do you that's got? my trade right there. It's, it's hmm. simple. You just trade Brandon Knight, who is a free agent at the end of the season, for J.R. Smith. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Straight Why up. not? Straight up, contracts are pretty much the same. I think J.R. makes like $100,000 more. It's actually $90,000 more. If you do the trade, it doesn't affect either of their uh, um, winning percentages. And I just think Jr. he's played with D'Antoni before in New York. He'll have Chris Paul and James Harden to hold him accountable. And he's actually a better defender than Carmelo Anthony. So I actually do believe that that would be a really nice pickup for the Rockets. And I think Jr. actually might be motivated to play decent. Now, I'm not in love with Jr.'s game, obviously. I mean, we saw what he did in the finals of game one. Totally lost that game for the Cavs. But – <laughs> I mean, he is somebody that could contribute as a bench player. I, I like that move a lot. But see, here's the thing. We're sitting here talking about Houston. Here's here's something that I thought about for a minute. What about Oklahoma City? You know What are they the, giving up? Well, you gotta think about it. They get they got some pieces that they can give up. You got Terrence Ferguson, which I'm pretty sure they don't want to really move, and you can but they got, you know, Alex Abrinas. You even got the rookie, you got Hamadou Diallo, who's one of those guys that can move out of there. Can you imagine? You know what'll happen with J.R. Smith goes into that that uh, that locker room, and even though he's not one of the greatest shooters in the world, but he can somewhat help improve their shooting problems. Right now, Oklahoma City's in last place when it comes to shooting from beyond the arc. It's one of those things you got to look at and say he could be a, a potential fit for Oklahoma City. I would find a way to trade to send a package over where they're sending one of the younger, maybe maybe Hamadou Diallo in with a probably another piece they might have to get another third team involved but it all depends on what oklahoma city decides to do if they come into the fold for this type of situation that's just something i was thinking about for for a while now when i first heard about the trade for when i first heard that jr smith wants wants out of cleveland danny i like the idea of oklahoma city but no way do they give up hamadou Diallo. i mean that guy um has a lot of athleticism they believe in it his abilities, they, I mean, they've been playing him a little bit, I think. And, uh, yeah, I, I just – we need to bring up guys like Abrinas. Yeah, that's that's a fit, but then their contracts get tough. Uh, I, I got the trade machine going, and you literally would have to give up Abrinas, Patterson, and like a Ferguson, and that's so much for J.R. Smith. 
I just don't think they have necessarily a trade on their roster. Yeah, I agree. I was doing the same thing as Zach. <laughs> yeah, I had Sabrinas <laughs> Patterson and Timothy Luwawa for J.R. Smith. Yeah, that's and, way too much. I'd rather have the other and, three. Yeah, and, no unless you're getting the pick. Unless you're getting the pick. I right. mean, because Pat, Patterson's been terrible. So, yep. it's just one of those things. And I think that OKC might be one of those teams that gets lucky in the buyout situation. And if the Cavaliers don't find find a trade for Jr., they might just buy him out, and then you can go get Jr. on the cheap. Same with Kyle Korver. I think if you get a shooter like Korver on OKC, that'd be nice too. Yeah, that would definitely be a good team. Uh, Zach, who do you think? Who do you think uh, the Cavs should involve in there? Because we heard Alex talk about Houston possibly. That's that could be a definitely good destination. But what's another team who could possibly come into the play for Jr. Smith's services if he has anything left? Yeah, I was actually reading his mind, and he, he stole that. Now, just kidding. Uh, honestly, a, a team <laughs> that, that that needs shooting, I mean, that can get a little boost. I still think Detroit could use a little more depth, um, but I haven't really looked into contract situations there. Philadelphia, I just don't know if they want JR's personality in there. Um, they got enough. Oh, yeah, they do. Line. <laughs> they have enough Ball personality in, in Philadelphia right now. Do you think Jr. Exactly. is going to be I'm enough thinking. for them? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a little too much for me. Uh, maybe a trade him to the Wizards. <laughs> Please, let's go. Trade Austin Rivers. Man, it's just it's just crazy because it's it's funny because and this is and I with the exception of what's going on in Miami because the front office knows what they're doing. Um, this is the LeBron James effect. You know, every time he, especially when it comes to Cleveland in this situation, every time they leave, things do not go well for the team that he was once on before. You know, like I said, with the exception of Miami, you know, because Pat Rowland and Spolcher both have things on on a on a good pace and a good lockdown. And for the Heat's organization, when you think about every time LeBron left Cleveland, Cleveland was back in the toilet once again. And now you're looking at them now, they're back to that same situation. Remember when Cle- when LeBron's with Cleveland, they 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 amassed a six an over six percent win percentage. When he left, they're the worst team in the league, and this further proves why that effect is happening. You got a guy like J.R. Smith who is looking to get out. That That's something Cleveland cannot be handling right now, and you know that's one of the things that I'm definitely going to be watching for and seeing what, what happens here because if you ask me, I think Cleveland is just, just – I have, I have no more words for Cleveland. That's, that's how stuck I am right now. <laughs> I think well, Alex I think might J.R. be honest Smith about this. What were you saying, Zach? Uh, I was about to say, I think you might be onto something with Austin Rivers. That'd be a perfect swap, being Austin hasn't done much. <laughs> and uh, the team, Marquise Morris came out and said he wanted to basically fight Austin Rivers. You could just see it in his eyes. <laughs> mm. I love it, man. I love it. No, I, I, I think J.R. Smith is actually being honest. He said the whole entire plan was to tank this season. And I have zero doubt about it. That's why Ty Lue was playing, playing the older guys because he actually wanted to compete. And the front office was like, no, nah, let's tank because R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, like if we can get one of these two, that could save us quicker from a LeBron letdown of him leaving once again than trying to compete for an eight seed. 
and uh, you see how <laughs> you see how Dan Gilbert's been pretty uh, pretty lucky in the draft lottery. I mean, he got Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, and Anthony Bennett, all number one picks. Don't you, Kevin Love Anthony, Andrew Wiggins. Don't, you, don't you dare mention Anthony Bennett in this conversation. Hey, he was the first <laughs> round pick. He was the first pick overall. So, I mean, I'm just saying it wasn't a good pick, but hey, he still got it. So, he That's could have had true. Oladipo. Now, imagine that. Oladipo and uh, Kyrie Irving with Andrew Wiggins. And I mean, sure, they got Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins, of course, but I'm just saying that team right there, that, that would be a pretty solid squad. So, yeah, I think that nasty. I think that Jr. is onto something. I think he really does believe that they were trying to tank all year long, and that's why they don't want him to play because we saw what those what those guys from L.A. were last year. They're garbage. Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. Please, terrible players. <laughs> they're not good. They're just they look better because they're on TV a lot more. That's it. <laughs> good one. I'm just saying. I mean, it's true. People know who they are because the Lakers were stupidly put on TV with that terrible roster before LeBron got there all the time. I mean, who wants to watch Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr.? I mean, seriously, I'm sorry. I just, I just feel like they got overhyped. I agree. Jordan Clarkson stinks, but uh, Larry Nance is a little overpaid. I still think Larry Nance is a pretty solid role player. Well, how about this trade proposal? Uh, Larry Nance Jr. and J.R. Smith, to the Utah Jazz for Alec Burks, Tabo Cephalosha, and Ekpe Udo. Ooh. I That'd do think if there's anybody to maximize those guys' potential, it's Quinn Snyder. Exactly. Might, I, I I don't know. I don't hate there's, it. There's some upside. There's some big upside to that because when you look at a player like Ekpe Udo, and then, like you said, who 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 else did you mention in this in this deal? Cephalosha and Alec Burks, and they're all uh, expiring contracts for next year. And I don't think that if you're Utah, you can really extend Alex Bur- Alec Burks. I mean, you already extended Exum. You've got Donovan Mitchell coming up with his rookie extension soon. So, you know, they want to have that cap space, and they might want to be a player in free agency. And I don't think Alec Burks is really that big of a contributor to their success. So uh, he might be somebody Cleveland looks at. It's like, hey, this might be a nice backup two for us or a a uh, potential starting two for him. I mean, you never know. They they did go after Rodney Hood as well. So um, they have that uh, past history of dealing with one another. Yeah, I could definitely see that because that, that seems like a very good trade when you look at it um, for both sides because, you know, if Cleveland, again, gets younger and they also get some more veteran experience when you got a guy like FK Udo and Thabo Sibilosha and Alec Burks. And like you said, if it's one guy who can get the most out of a out of a veteran player, it's Quinn Quinn Snyder. And if Jr. and Larry Nance go to Utah, that would be a good fit for them. And I think Quinn Snyder would. I I definitely agree with you in that situation. He would get the best out of those two players. I like Larry Nance Jr. on Utah. I think that that might be a good fit for him. Uh, he's got five years remaining on his deal, and he's about two two point two million right now. So he's not got a big contract, and I think that's someone they could use as a serviceable player, uh, maybe someone that could kind of fill in for those Jonas Jarebko minutes from last season. Agreed. I like it. Yeah, I definitely like that move. But, you know, one of the things, as much as I would love to have this basketball conversation keep going on, we got to cut it short. We got to get on out of here, guys. Um, 
Zach and Alex. I I definitely appreciate you guys coming on. If you want, Zach, tell them tell them where our where the folks can find you. Some some of your stuff at. Yeah, you got it. Uh, mostly on Twitter, Z A K N O B L E, and then on Real Ball Insider, that Twitter account as well. Uh, but you can look up my show at Four S Z N S Four Seasons, and we're on every um, channel you can listen to podcasts. Thanks. No problem. And Alex, thanks again. I appreciate it. We've always had some good basketball conversations. Tell them where they can find some of your stuff at, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you can check out all the content that I produce for upandunder.net. And if you're interested in writing or, you know, starting your own podcast, hit me up on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I'd love to talk with you. Uh, we have some freelance writers right now that are doing some great work for us and putting out some great articles. We actually just had Snotty Drippin' a.k.a. James Hollis, drop an article for us, too, on the Boston Celtics, which was a really good read. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are interested at all, Up and Under is looking for people to be a part of our team. So we just started in September as well. So uh, Tiffany Tripp just wrote an awesome article on Gordon Hayward, and she is actually both a Utah Jazz and Boston Celtics fan, which is really ironic because of the whole uh, Gordon Hayward leaving. And so she's doing a part one piece about – how Utah felt, and then part two, how the Celtics feel about it and how Gordon, all that goes together. So that's a really cool piece that she's working on. Check that out. And like I said, follow me on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I have a podcast I do every week. It's called The Triple Threat. Danny, Zach have both been on it as guests. Um, and then, of course, Zach's co-host Ryan was on it last week. We talked about the Jimmy Butler trade. So check that out. It's on iTunes. You can subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review and let us know what you think. So, yeah, I think that's enough plugs for me. Uh, I, I used them all up right there. <laughs> hey, that look. was good. That was good. <laughs> that was a great, great plug. Great plug. Uh, but, guys. I'm a company man. Hey, nope, nothing wrong with being a company man. <laughs> nothing wrong with it at all. But, Zach, Alex, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, for everybody else, you can catch us. You can catch me online. I'm at Danny T B Ball, and you can also catch some of our stuff on, the, you know, the, our Twitter page, which is HDMD underscore Show, and you can also find us on Instagram. We're at HandDownManDown.Show. We're just producing a lot of creative content, putting it out there for you, and you can also catch our podcast. We're on NBN Radio, which is part of DashRadio.com. And you can also catch us wherever you catch your podcast. So just leave a like, subscribe, leave a good review in it for us. And then we're going to, you know, get some more stuff out to you guys. But in the meantime, between time, for Alex and Zach, I'm Danny Thompson, and we will see you guys later. <laughs>